Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID nineteen period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoopy Radio, DJ Manio. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B-R-A-D-I-O dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoop B Radio with Brendan Robinson. Kate Manny. Manny. L. Scoop B Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bonds said, yo. The best in the business. That's word of Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word of Scoop. The business, he show you the proof. If Scoop B say it, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment, he give you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews, he give you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast, the joint and the journalist, the goat. So why ask? Watch out, watch out. About it, if he naming them, ScoopB.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoop B Radio. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At Follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. Scoop B Radio. On the plane. On the train. Everywhere you need to be. I am Brendan Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoopy B. Instagram is Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. Make sure most importantly that you subscribe to the Scoop B Radio Podcast, which is available on all podcasting networks, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. On the line right now is a multi-talented lady in these internet streets. That's none other than my homie, Kwani Lunas from NBC 
Boston 10, or is it NBC 10 Boston? I can't keep yeah, up. Which is it? 10 Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Cardi, welcome to Scoop D Radio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. You are um, a gem in this instance. Um, you have done stuff on the sports side, uh, on the digital side, um, covering the Celtics, and then you transition over to NBC 10 Boston. I'm curious to know, was it a huge transition? from sports to news? It definitely was, but for me, the weirder transition was the fact that I actually started the new job while we were in quarantine. So it's just been a different experience to, one, be coming from sports, something that's a little more lighthearted and fun versus news. Obviously, there can be fun news stories, but for the most part, especially during a pandemic, you're talking about a lot of things that are very sensitive. So my job has definitely helped me realize now I have to change the tone of the way I'm talking about news and the content that I'm covering is more diverse, but I have to make sure that I'm able to cover each story and give it the respect that it deserves. For sure. And as we're recording this, this is Saturday, uh, May 2nd. I looked at one of your tweets. Um, someone said Mayor Walsh calls millennials for not wearing masks. <laughs> and then you quote tweeted and said, stop blaming us for Generation Xers. Uh, for being dumb, we're all adults now. I think that's the funniest tweet of, of, of the weekend, actually, if you ask me. Thank you. That's not even my best word. But I wasn't even attacking Mayor Walsh, to be honest. It was more right. of millennials. People just use that word because it's easy, and we've been making fun of millennials for most of this time. But I looked it up, and I was like, millennials, I think the youngest millennial is now 24. So at this wow. point, it's like, we're, we're adults now. Yes, we're going to, everyone makes dumb decisions, but the people that think it's not cool to wear masks are probably the actual children, which are is Gen X. <laughs> In the newsroom, or from your living room or your home office, um, you represent uh, millennials. You're a black woman. Uh, you have a sports background. Um, and you made the transition to news while you were in sports. How do you feel as though you're able to inject your voice um, to maybe some of your colleagues who are a little older? I think that's a really good question. The biggest point that you made is the fact that I am a younger Black woman, and especially with sports, as you know, most of the players that I covered were Black, most of them my age. So I think that perspective alone already helped me in the locker room because I understand them on a deeper level than, like you said, some of my older colleagues would. And honestly, I think my personality is, as you know, so bubbly and like, I love bringing people together. I yeah. think me just being myself helps me bridge that gap. Not that I'm like directly bridging the gap between a team and other um, other journalists, but more of just me being there to bring that different perspective. If let's say Jalen Brown, for example, after a game, made a cultural reference that none of the other B reporters understood. Me being in that building, being in that space, and able being able to relay that message, or even just use it to my own advantage, I think it's just something that's very necessary in any locker room that you look at when it comes to media. There isn't that much diversity. And, I mean, it's not even really just with sports. It's with news as well. And, you know, political, you look at the political beat writers now, like the White House, White House briefings only have maybe one or two Black people, Black women on a regular basis. So just having people with diverse voices in those different spaces, I think, is very unique. And I do try to, like you said, 
make sure that I'm always using it to the advantage of me, but also just for the people that don't feel like they're represented in media and want to make sure that their voice is being heard. Kwani Lunas on the Lounge Talks Radio. Make sure to give her a follow on Twitter at Kwani A. Lunas. Uh, she is uh, definitely a powerhouse at NBC 10 Boston. I got it right this time. Uh, in addition, uh, you are a graduate of Boston College. And I think I see on your Twitter page a Haitian flag. Am I correct? Yes, you are. I am Haitian American. Sac <laughs> passe. Uh-oh. <laughs> Boston College, you... um. You talked about how you made that transition from sports to news. Do you remember the last news story, not sports, that you wrote or you covered before transitioning over to sports? Is this a trick question? No, it's a straight up <laughs> question. Are you just asking what news stories I covered before I transitioned to sports? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you, what, what comes to mind? What did you cover before you made that transition to sports? Like, what, what, is there anything that stands out? I mean, when I listen to the question again, I would say the story that seemed most relevant was Kobe's passing because, yes, it was sports, but we know that he trans transcended basketball. So that ended up being the first hard news story I had covered in a while. Mm. And just obviously being around sports all the time, it was fun and games, literally pun intended. but. When he passed, it was, a, I think it was like a, a flip that switched for me. And I realized, like, yes, you're covering sports, but you have to be able to tell people's stories in a way where it's not just about what they did on the court. And that's what I always have been passionate about with sports, the fact that I am able to cover basketball. Like, one of my favorite sports is an honor. But I realized that, yes, I love watching the game, but these athletes are more than just athletes like they're human beings they have lives you look at Kobe Bryant's Instagram bio and I can't remember exactly I'll look it up but in his bio it said nothing about basketball like he wanted to be known for be more than just the Kobe Bryant we knew as basketball player I just pulled it up and his bio says writer producer investor for Vanity and a few other companies and that's who he was and obviously he was a really good father as well so being in the sports arena and having to cover a hard news story like that, I think that kind of made the transition a little easier because as I transitioned, I realized there's more to life than just basketball. And look, I know I still say basketball is life. Ball is life, but there's ways that you can use your love of and passion for sports to actually do a little more than just talk about a game. Basketball is her favorite sport. She likes to wave and dribble <laughs> up and down the court. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something. Um, the Boston Celtics were on a roll. They were butter on a roll um, mm -hmm. before the coronavirus pandemic halted play back in March. We're now in May. Um, what things from just being around the team and an observer of the Celtics stood out to you um, this season? I think for the team as a whole, this was like the first full season that I was at all of the home games and really just check tuned in like obviously I was tuned in because the company I work for is the broadcast partner for the team so on a, like ever since I started working there in 2016 I believe I had always been following the Celtics and they've had a, a crazy how quickly the roster I mean that's the NBA but the, the roster changes over the last only it's only been four years 
was just so different. You look at that 2016 team and you look at this one now. I think for me, just watching the evolution of the Celtics and how they continue to surprise people on a regular basis. Like that 2016 team was already really good. And obviously there were trades that had to be made. But I look at the beginning of this season, the off season before the 2019-20 season, and even just the progression throughout the year. Like obviously with every 82-game season, you're going to have some games that are very disappointing. But for the most part, you could just see the progression, not only on a team level, but on a player, individual player level. Obviously, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are like just one of the stars of the team. We have Kemba that just got traded here, which also was just a really good supplement for this roster. And then you already had other pieces like Gordon Hayward and Daniel Tice. So I just watched the team progress over the year. I'm really disappointed. And obviously I can't be as disappointed as they probably were because they're the ones that actually were playing, but just being able to watch them, seeing that they did clinch a playoff berth, I definitely think they would have made it far. So I'm disappointed that I don't know if we'll be able to see that team I don't know what, you know, we don't know what the future of the season holds. Right. So I don't know what the future will be, but I'm disappointed that that momentum is mostly dead and we can't see what would have been. Sure. Ours, New Jersey native, Kwani Lunas on the line, talking Scooby all things Radio. basketball news and more. <laughs> you have a outfit on in your bio. Your bio picture is very Celtics green, maybe a little darker, but it stands <laughs> out. I think that's more like a money green. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually at all that um that picture was at the 2020 All Star Weekend after the game, and I didn't even plan to wear green. I kid you not. Like there weren't that many Boston media members there, mm-hmm. but I actually used Rental Runway for most of my outfit, and the dress that I had I ordered for the game was like bright yellow. I actually wanted to wear that because I knew that Kobe would be honored, and I would wear my purple pin on it. And mm-hmm. the dress never arrived, so I actually went to the rent the runway store, and this lady just gave me a few dresses, and she gave me that green dress, and I looked at it at first, and I was like, this is not a cute dress at all. I put it on, and I was like, wow, this fits really well. And then it was just the irony of me wearing, like you said, Celtics green, but also that money green during All-Star weekend for the biggest event of the weekend was pretty cool. It really worked out, because I guess I was supposed to be wearing that color. <laughs> there you go. Help me understand something. So... Kyrie Irving, West Orange, New Jersey native. My played, fellow Jersey native. <laughs> played for the Celtics for two seasons, now as a member of the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. For some reason, there's this love-hate relationship between Kyrie and the Celtics, or more so the fans. Yes. Was it difficult for you to watch that, particularly because there is a familiarity in that regard? It definitely was. For me, like you said, I take pride in being from Jersey, and it's probably the corniest thing ever. But as you know, people from Jersey, we always have this chip on our shoulder because they call us all types of names. And just, I was rooting for him from the beginning, just because, again, he's an orange, uh, West Orange native. But also, he's just a really good player. He's always been one of the point guards that I look to when I'm watching the game. I love watching his handles. I love the way he. I like to say, like, dancing on the floor because it literally is an art when you watch him. So, like you said, watching the love-hate, I understand both sides. I kid you not. Like, not even to be political about it. I can see why Boston fans have that kind of, I would say maybe a grudge towards him at this point. And I understand, but I also understand why he went home. Like, 
I won't say I was like a New Jersey Nets fan growing up because I actually wish that I had been because Scoop now I want Jersey to have a basketball team. But I get the idea of wanting to go back home. Like everyone, for the most part, people always want to go back home. Like you mentioned, I went to Boston College and I'm grateful that I've been able to have opportunities to work in this market and, you know, really thrive here. But at the same time, I've always wanted to go back home. I never expected to stay in Boston. I never expected to be in Boston. So the fact mm-hmm. that I've been here a little longer than expected, I am loving it. But at the same time, if an opportunity eventually, not even right like right now, but I know sure. long term, I would I would go back home in a heartbeat. If the opportunity presented itself, I would. So I understand why he wanted to go home. I, I see that maybe there was a big disappointment in the season not turning out the way it was supposed to. Maybe the chemistry really wasn't there. And chemistry is a big thing for teams. You want everyone to be getting – everyone doesn't have to be best friends. I think there's a right. misconception that for chemistry, everyone has to be the best of friends. I think it's more of the respect. And if everyone in that locker room can respect each other, to put their differences aside and be like, all right, I can play the game with you. I might actually hate you. But, like, we want to win. We're going to achieve this goal together. I'm not saying that was the case. But I think for that locker room – there just wasn't that chemistry. And that made that makes it easier to leave when you know that like there's not much there for you and you want to go pursue something else. He was able to go play with Katie, one of his closest friends. So now he's able to be there and be home and be with his family and friends. I get it. I get both sides. I try not to have a, an opinion on that specific part of it just because I can genuinely understand everyone's opinion and perspective on it. Where's a good place, or have you located a place in Boston to get good Asian food? Asian food? Yes. Wow. Uh, that's so funny because I feel like I should order more Haitian food in Boston, and I don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to be a little better at it. But I have had food from a lot of places. Actually, because this one, someone actually, I so when I was at BC, I was the president of the Haitian Association. Oh, Mm -hmm. I remember. So I was the president of the Haitian Association, and that was my senior year, and part of our job was to curate events, and really the whole point of those groups on campus was to open people's eyes to cultures that they may not even have known about. Like, some people come from very privileged backgrounds where they probably never met a Haitian person before. So our whole point was, all right, you never met a Haitian Come in, we'll be your Haitian friend and let you know a little bit about the history, the beautiful history of Haiti, for one, but also just understanding our culture. So Las Vegas was the place that we used to order food. It's funny, the name is Las Vegas. But yeah, right. I was right. like, wait, what? <laughs> Are you sure? It's, but it's a Haitian um, food restaurant in, um, in my, the Mass area, not necessarily. Oh, actually, it's, I think it's the Mattapan. And okay. then there's another one called Highland Cuisine, also mm-hmm. Haitian food. That I'm familiar with, but I know Boston has a lot of Haitians, so I'm honestly not even doing it justice. I know there are a whole other, there are a whole lot more restaurants in this area that I actually should probably do a little better and try to support, especially now when a lot of people are ordering in to support these small businesses. You just basically gave me homework. I'm going to find a few others to go support. <laughs> and I'm going to check in with you. I, I, I'm Listen, man, you ain't going to just say that on the, on the, on the pod and then, huh? For Easter, I was here because we can't go home. And every year for Easter, Christmas, most of the holidays, my aunt in Jersey, she'll cook 
food, like a lot of food as Haitians do. And she'll send my family plate, like bowls, everyone in the area, because she lives in Orange too, actually. Mm-hmm. And so they'll send, my dad or someone will go pick it up, socially distanced, picked up food. <laughs> and they FaceTime me for Easter and I'm here. Mind you, I did go out, go all out because I was like, I'm not going to sit here on Easter and not have a good meal. So I made my Word. own some French toast, some eggs, bacon. Like I went all out, but I'm watching them on FaceTime and I'm like, y'all really eating grill in front of me, which is for, if you don't know, it's fried pork. That's like one of my favorite Haitian foods. And I was just so upset watching them eat all this good Haitian food. And I was sitting here when I could have probably tried to cook it, but I, I don't know. That's just justice. I need to make sure I know how to cook it properly before I try it. <laughs> I feel you in that. I feel When did you start going through basketball withdrawal? Ooh, I would say I would. I want to say immediately, and I don't mean that in a dramatic sense. Okay. I think for me it was weird because I literally walked into work. I think it was March 11th. I think it was that day, the day the NBA got canceled. Right. And they were giving us the guidelines of what um, the next steps were going to be for the pandemic, like managing people working in the building through the pandemic. And basically, I was told, since my job is mainly digital, as you mentioned, I was one of the people that could go home right away. And they were like, just go home and you work from home. We'll start figuring it out. And I think by the time I got home that evening, that's when the NBA was shut down and everything kind of hit me. Like I'm really about to be in my house for a while. I don't know how long this is going to be. I'm not going to be able to watch basketball, which has been for most people, for me, especially an outlet throughout all the hard things that we've gone through in our lives. And so for me to be stuck home during a pandemic in a city that I am not from, and then not have the thing that is one of my outlets, it was, it was almost, it took a, a really long time for me to kind of just accept like basketball is not coming back anytime soon. So deal with it, figure out what your, what your other hobbies are. Just try to find ways to cope. And I think I've done a pretty good job at it over the last month. I've been working out more. I've been eating better. I've been cooking a little more. So I found ways to get an outlet at this point, but I, mm-hmm. I think immediately I realized like this is a serious thing and you're not going the life like we all are saying like the new normal we have this is our new normal and I think when I realized that it was hard to let go but I kind of went through all the phases of mourning I think at this point and I'm just hoping that eventually it'll come back to life soon. As soon as you said letting go I started thinking about that song by Wayne Wonder no letting go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when it's all sad and done Mm-hmm. And we finally get up out that house. <laughs> What's the first place that you go visit? It's so funny. I've had multiple people ask me that question, and Scoop B Radio. I genuinely don't know. I have been able to make do with the. Thankfully, I live in a part of Boston that is pretty lively, despite us being home and stuck at home. Like I go for walks and trying to make sure I'm just getting some fresh air. So it's not like I haven't been outside. Honestly, I really miss the TD Garden, though. I know it's so corny. Like, I was there all the time. I know it's an arena for the players, but it's not like my arena, too. Just, like, when I was covering the games, I would get dressed up and go there and and cover the games through social media for my job. And 
it was, I just got an adre- adrenaline rush from going and doing that because every game was different. It was a new time, new experience for me to capture the eye of the sport fan. And really, for me, I took pride in the fact that I was kind of the gatekeeper for people that can't be in the arena or fans that want to get a closer look at their favorite players. I think that's what I loved so much about doing my job. And now that that's fun, the reason why I think I'm not, I don't think I'd like to be going back to the TD Garden if there's no game, obviously, but I think the transition was just weirder for me because I started a new job that won't consist of me covering basketball as much as I did. So I think that's why I think about, about it as the first place I'd want to go, but obviously if there's no basketball, there'd be no point in going there. But that is just just a, a historical place that I miss going to. Other than that, I just if you see my pin tweet right now, I want to go somewhere to eat. I want to go to a restaurant, sit down, and just really enjoy some good food that I didn't cook, but it's something different because I'm a pretty decent cook, but we all going to get tired of our cooking eventually. So I would love to just go out and maybe have a nice dinner. You heard it first. Uh, Scoopy Ray on the line with Kwame Eunice. Um, you're off the hot seat. Good. <laughs> Hope I did well. <laughs> Killed it. Killed it. I feel like I got to know you a little bit better. I see you around. I'm glad that uh, we got a chance to talk. And I'm looking forward to seeing you out and about once basketball resumes at some point. Sure. Please tell me Boston because no one ever visits here. <laughs> I like Boston. I do too. It gets a bad rap for sure. It does. It's more to life than just parking the car in Harvard Yard. People overuse that. <laughs> I can't deal with you. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you let too. me know when that link dropped. I'll be retweeting it and supporting it, of course. It, it drops this week. Dad, go on it. Hey, there we go. <laughs> I'll be ready. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All righty, bye. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.